Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Now listen, somebody done told Scott from Elevate 215 that I love education and talking about it because Scott Gaber is on here. He is the Deputy Chief Investment Officer at Elevate 215, an organization that is geared to improve the learning experience in Philadelphia schools by investing in the said schools and talent, collaborating with their partners, expanding access and resources for families, and advocating to create the conditions for success. Scott brings over 21 years of experience in education to this role as Deputy Chief of Investments at Elevate 215. He started as a, a fourth grade teacher in San Jose, California. That just You just got your whole street cred. Just, not about the chief investment, but being a fourth grade teacher. That tells me you, you, you're about the business, that you understand what this is about, right? Um, and Philadelphia, where he resided for the last seven and a half years. So, so, so we're going to talk about teacher retention in Philadelphia. And there's a report that was done uh, by Citywide Talent Coalition, which comprises of several orgs across school districts, uh, philanthropy, uh, so public charter, et cetera, et cetera. They all came together and did this report. And so we're going to talk about, Scott is going to talk about a survey, this particular survey that was conducted among 700 plus school teachers that shows how they feel about their jobs in terms of learning environment, financial compensations, the direction of the Philadelphia School District, and more. I went and opened it up. And the key findings, I'm just going to give you a few of them. Despite the, uh, many teachers believe the school they teach in at is on the right track, but that schools in Philadelphia are headed in the wrong direction. A strong majority of teachers feel they are respected by peers, parents, and school administration. And most teachers report a passion for what they do. Despite this passion, however, more than half of all teachers are frustrated with their current salary. Did I say this last week? Workload and the lack of access to adequate facilities and resources. And newer teachers are more diverse than the overall teacher workforce. And teachers of color are more likely to live in Philadelphia. They have a significant amount of student loan debt and have an emergency permit uh, or or be non-certified. And so passing that practice has been an issue for many of them uh, or even paying to pass the practice, right, on top of the student loan debt that they have. So here's 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 what I want from you, uh, Scott. Good, w- good morning and welcome to The Source. This is a passion of mine, so I get in. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm great this morning. Thank you so much for having me here. You're so welcome. Philadelphia values and supports its teachers. The question is, What can we do as a city to make teaching more attractive for new teachers, particularly teachers of color, and to create a nurturing professional environment for all educators? Yeah, so thank you for hitting those key findings. You did did my work for me, so I appreciate that. Uh, I I do want to circle back and emphasize a a couple pieces there first, Uh, just uh, starting with with some positives right there. the you know teachers' sentiment about their own school is much more positive than their system. Mm-hmm. I think that you know it it sounds similar to the Congress problem. Everyone loves their congressman but hates Congress. Yes. Um, but uh, you know I think it's something we can tap into and think about in terms of really leveraging that connection that people feel to their own schools that teachers have at their own schools mm-hmm. and. Um, 
and increase engagement in that way. And then uh, the piece about respect, I want to emphasize that as well, because I think it it debunks some of the national narrative that you hear where yes. our teachers have a high, a high level of um, perception of respect from not only their colleagues, but families and their principals, you know, in the family piece in particular, in a lot of other communities, you hear teachers, they don't feel respected um, by their families. They don't feel um, respected by their, their, their uh, school system with, you know, things like book bands and all, all those things that, you know, we don't have that in Philadelphia. And I just want to emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what do we do about it? Um, that, that is the big question, right? So, when we did this survey, we wanted to look at the data and cut it up um, in every which way we could in, in terms of different demographics, not only just by race, but ethnicity, but also by different contextual circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and overwhelmingly, teachers want more salary, yes. more compensation. That, that was number the, what one. What is the average salary of, a, of an educator in Philadelphia? Well, that's interesting. So actually, in the school district, uh, the average salary last year was 82000 Mm-hmm. which is probably more than most people think, mm-hmm. right? But that that is looking at different experience levels. So a brand new teacher, first year teacher makes 52,000, mm-hmm. um, which is actually more than may, maybe some of the listeners think also. And, and just want to emphasize too, that the medical benefits, especially in the district mm-hmm. are really phenomenal, mm-hmm. um, really good coverage for a low cost. Mm-hmm. However, you know, teachers are working incredibly hard. Right. Yes. The, the days are long. The, it's not like the teachers are just getting there right before the like minutes before the kids show up and then leave right after kids leave. Right. You know, mm-hmm. teachers are at schools from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. most days. And right? bring their work home work with home. them. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, you mentioned I was a fourth grade teacher. I remember every Sunday, uh, pretty much my first three years of teaching, every Sunday was grading papers, planning. Um, you know, and it, it still never went away. Even right. after teaching for five years, I was still working on the weekends, still working at night. Right. It's it's an incredibly demanding, important job. And, and teachers want to be valued for that. Right. And salary is one one uh, component of that for sure. What was interesting about what else would matter? Um, it changed when we cut up the, the the data in different ways in terms of the contextual factors. So. There was one thing that teachers in common and then all new teachers, so teachers in their first five years, had in common in terms of what their number two was. It was student loan forgiveness. Yes. That would really support them. Um, and it makes sense because when we, when we looked at student loan amounts by uh, race and ethnicity, there was a huge discrepancy for people of color compared to white people in terms of the amount of student loan debt. Um, in fact, the... Um, of the black teachers who responded had more than $50,000 of student loan debt. Oh, wow. Okay. So you you just imagine what a huge relief it would be Mm -hmm. um, to have some of that relieved. Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, I I, I have maintained and I have said this, uh, and uh, I can say it again because people have heard me say this before. I think a brand new teacher should start at well over $100,000 a year. 
They All are right. the people. I do. I really do. And that that salary should go up as they go ahead and get their certifications. You know, uh, 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 they have to go through uh, accreditation every year. They have to do a certain amount of things every year. They've got to go into their master's programs to become a master teacher. You know, all sorts of things. To, to, to accreditation to become a master teacher. They're, you know, I, I mean, just ask me how I know these things. It's it's just insane. And so to start them at over $100,000 a year and the fact that they are the ones that teach the people that are going to go off to schools, to colleges, so that they can become leaders of countries, leaders of states, leaders of cities, leaders of business and industry. It's an insult and a slap in the face that teachers are treated this way, right? So um, uh, it, it is just, let's, let's, let's just talk a little bit more about, yeah. you know, about this, because I just really believe, what did this, uh, so we did, we talked about that, what about the retention rate of teachers in the school district, especially among teachers of color? What is happening there? Yeah, so we we so this was separate work that we've done as a coalition. Right? We we wanted better data, mm -hmm. um, right? And so that that is, that is a place that it, it's not the end all be all, but we need to understand what's happening, right? We need to we need to understand what's happening so we can design really effective strategies to address what's happening. And then we also need good data to measure whether what we're doing is working. Mm -hmm. um, and so teacher retention is is a, a moving target right now. It has really um, been affected by the pandemic, but actually what's surprising when we looked at the data, it was an upside down U-curve. Um, so actually retention went up during the pandemic in the, in the, in the really the throes of it when, we, when schools were closed down. Um, Retention actually went up, but then after the 21-22 school year, uh, retention dipped. Um, and so what we saw actually was that across the city, that one in five teachers left teaching after 21-22. Mm -hmm. um, and the rates were higher for teachers of color, particularly black teachers. Mm -hmm. So one out of five. And one actually five. retention was better in the school district than in our charter schools in the city. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, in, in wait we, a I minute. Mean, so you're saying yeah. that the public schools kept their teachers longer than the teachers that were in the charter schools. To what do you owe? I have an idea, but to what do you owe the teachers in the charter schools not being not staying? Yeah, I, mean, I, there, I think it's really it's really um, multifaceted. Uh, I think so. In some ways, I think about how teachers may start, mm -hmm. how much investment they've in time um, they've already put in and, and, and of course money because, you know, mm -hmm. certification costs money too. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, charter schools are able to have uh, one fourth of their teachers not be certified. Right. They so they do get strive. these emergency certs, right? Emergency certs are, yes. Mm -hmm. So they do strive to have as, you know, as many certified teachers as possible, but oh, something we haven't talked about yet statewide Mm -hmm. Our supply of teachers has has plummeted 66% in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. right? So there's less people who want to become teachers statewide and the pool is not diverse. Um, yes. You know, so the school district of Philadelphia actually employs half the teachers of color in the entire state. Mm. Um, so we're, we're not going to be able to draw teachers of color from out, outside of Philadelphia. Um, again, half, half the teachers of color work here. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, when we think about and, and charters, uh, especially they, they come in all different shapes and sizes, right? We have like mastery charter, right? They have a, they have a central office. They have a bunch of mm -hmm. coaches. 
they have enough resources um, to provide supports to new teachers. Mm -hmm. But then we have a number of charters that are smaller, that are one school, two schools, which is fantastic for innovation. It's fantastic for really being responsive Mm -hmm. to their communities. At the same time, they don't have a a central office uh, with uh, coaches who can support them. Mm -hmm. They don't have the kind of economies of scale that you would need Mm -hmm. to have a a really robust onboarding program. So it's really usually left to the principal um, of that Mm -hmm. school to support teachers. And the more new teachers they have, the more people who need support and it can just become overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a big I think it's a big part of it. It's huge. It's huge. So. Uh, let me, because I've been working with educators for decades, right? So just from the informal data that I've had over the years, let me give you a couple of things that I've heard from teachers of color and sat on a school board for eight years. So just, just right. bear with me. You know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, black Jesus. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus I'm, I'm married to a, a, someone who was an educator for 30 years and, oh, and wow. retired during the pandemic. So in this informal data that I've been collecting from educators across the city and state, a couple of things that are are bothering them. The workload is so intense. The more work they do, you hear that that teacher prep, the lesson plans, all the things that are going on. Then there's a bunch of meetings and then they're uh, getting getting calls from central office about, you know, we got to we got to. Things have shifted. Every year, something is shifted in the curriculum. Every year, something is shifted at the state level where they have to pay attention and they get worn out and exhausted. The parents, Mm -hmm. let me just be clear, because I hear this over and again. There are some parents who believe that their children who get a D, E and an F come into school and force the teachers to change the grades. Teachers are so sick and tired of that happening. And when they fight against it, the someone usually at a higher level says to them, ah, no, you know, it's Miss So-and-so, it's Mr. So-and-so, especially if it's someone who's well-known, right? They just pass the children through. Um, they, they, they're burnt out in a way that, uh, people, they get frustrated because they think, well, you think I come, like you, 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 you address this. I come to work to, just before school starts. They are up. All hours of the day and night grading, they're exhausted and they're they're working 14 and 15 hour days, not seven to two or seven to three or whatever the thing they think teachers are doing. Right. Um, teachers of color specifically say that the lack of respect for them and their work in many of these school districts is a telling thing. Right. So their 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 opinions are not respected or wanted. And especially when they go to work in districts where there's so few of them and and, and they're, they're they feel targeted. Right. They're walking through the hallways and they're saying good morning to their peers. Their peers are not speaking to them. All those things that are going on, and it might seem like a trite thing, but if you're working in a building for four and five and six years and they're summarily, consistently leaving you out of meetings, telling you the meeting is happening, you know, two hours later, you show up, the meeting has already happened. So we have to work on cultural competencies within the adults, within the buildings, too. All of this, yep. um, this, this is happening, right? And so, and so teachers are, and, and the other thing that we are hearing, is that it's very difficult for many teachers of color, the brand new ones, to pass the praxis because the way it is designed yeah. and written, it is incredibly difficult. So we need coaches that will work with them because they go into the charter school, get the emergency certs, and then after a while they can't teach. So then they become climate managers. 
quote unquote, right? Which is frustrating. And so they become disciplinarians in a, with a name and they're never able to go into the classrooms to do what they need to do. Many teachers of color, uh, uh, particularly the ones that are trying to go into the school districts say, and I've heard this over and again, that the practice is so hard for them to pass that they go to four years of school and never quite get to the place where they become an actual educator. And it's frustrating to them, right? So we need people who are going to coach, people who will help to pay for the practice, people who will help with the, uh, you know, student loan forgiveness, all of that makes a huge difference, right? When you added uh, uh, the, the pandemic, the students have come back into school with such emotional and mental breakdown. Teachers are losing their minds trying to figure out and keep up with all of it. So now you understand why I say the average educator should really start at well over $100,000. That's just a little bit of the things that I've heard, Scott. And, and, and I am, and I'm not making this stuff up. So teachers are also moving from school to school because they're like, I, I, I can't do this. And so many of them are going, I don't want to teach anymore. Right. Like my husband who loved it. He was in tears. He was like, I cannot do this anymore. I don't feel appreciated. There's too much work. They're telling me to change grades, all sorts of things. Um, so when you hear all of that, then it makes sense why retention is such an issue from a spe specifically teachers of color. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, I mean, yes. Um, you know your stuff. You want to join oh, the Town oh. Coalition? <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, when I tell you I know my stuff, I know my stuff. Been, yeah, been there, at there's it for so 20 much there. Yes. There, there's so much there. You know, and the teacher leadership, the, the opportunity to give input um, did come up in the survey for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, what was interesting, actually, is that when we looked at the, the responses, the difference between charter schools and district school teachers, uh, the charter teachers actually rated pretty much every... Um, working condition factor more highly than district teachers, even though they leave at, at higher rates, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that opportunity to give genuine input um, is really important uh, for teachers, especially as you said, people who, as they get they get in their career longer, they know what they're talking about, right? Yes. They should be listened to. And especially teachers of color who may be from the communities that they're serving in. Yes. They should be listened to as well. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think, you know, Every school is different, right? Yeah. School leadership matters so much in in that way. You know, you can you can have two district schools where the the, the principal is really making concerted, intentional efforts mm -hmm. to um, to get input from teachers. Um, we have some amazing school leaders in the city who are doing that, and are are also whether they are people of color themselves or not, they're making a very very intentional, concerted effort to diversify their staff. Because we know that, you know, we know it just makes it just makes sense that yeah. students of color need teachers of color. Right now, we have a lot of research that backs that up, that backs yeah. up that um, especially for black boys, the benefits are tremendous of having yes. teachers who look like them, not just for the short term, but for the long term and a number of factors. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the praxis. Yes. Like, uh, you know, there, there is no correlation between being able to pass the praxis and being an effective teacher. Mm. We could have a long conversation about that. Yes, we could. That, yes, we could. that is, yes. that is a barrier for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of what we're doing as a coalition is looking at different resources to support, um, people to study for that, for that exam, prepare for that exam. And also, um, a number of school systems are providing, 
uh, financial relief to teachers to take it. So they'll get, yes. they get reimbursed yes. um, if they take it as well, which I think mm-hmm. is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to hold on to you for just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take a break. But when we come back, uh, it's being said here that charter schools actually pay less. And do charter schools have the same union that the public schools have? That's a question to ask. Are you are you aware of that? Uh, so most of the charters are not unionized. That there is. I, I knew that. I was one. just want to make sure you would. <laughs> I yeah. want to see if you would clarify that. Yes, and that's a problem for many teachers because they feel that that is a barrier for them because when they don't have the union, they're asked to do things in a, in ways and they don't get paid as much in the charter school. So as much as they feel valued when they first walk in, they walk away in frustration because the workload. And, and and I've had conversations with educators in the charter school system that says, if you think the public schools, uh, and, and we all know they, they say charters are public schools too, but the teachers mm-hmm. in the charters are working twice as hard as the ones in the regular system. They don't have a union. They show up at six o'clock in the morning. They're expected to work on the weekends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these honest conversations should lead to us trying to figure out what kind of solutions we can find to support these educators because we're bleeding them. Right. It's 66 percent less. And I knew this in 2014 that we were going to have a problem. Been in many of the meetings statewide. And here we are. Right. Um, So, you know, uh, hold on one second. You are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We will be right back with Scott Gaber from Elevate 215 right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to The Source on WURD, progressive black talk media, on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m. And Scott Gaber, who is the Deputy Chief Investment Officer at Elevate 215. He and I have been having a riveting, very rich conversation conversation about teacher retention and we've looked we're we're, we're digging it up like you know trying to figure out un- unearth all the things so rose capatron says the philadelphia the school district spending student uh, spending is student uh, spending per student is thirty five thousand and six dollars is higher than the state's median of nineteen thousand eighty nine the school district spending student has grown twenty six percent over the last four years are you aware of this and she gave a whole link to this. Are you aware of this, Scott? Um, not entirely. I mean, it, it, that might be for a student in special education, I think. I don't know if that, um, you know, there there is a, a lot going on in the school funding space right now yes. um, with the, the court case and um, the founding of our funding system in the state to be unconstitutional. Right. Um, so that, you know, we are, we are expecting and hoping um, for more funding to come to to Philadelphia because the you know state supreme court has found that it's unconstitutional it's it's yes. it's not um, it's not equitable it's not fair um, and it's not enough um, right. for what our school system needs right and then author Taylor says um, there are, there are people who uh, that's true. Teachers spend out of their pocket about $400 a year, which we used to be able to claim on taxes. But after the Trump administration, not everyone, that's not happening. And then he also says one of the factors uh, that 
No two years are ever the same. They're constantly changing and do not, not allow for systems to work before there is a change. It's extremely frustrating. I've heard that over and over and over again. So teachers are just like, listen, we start something this year. There's a whole new program. We're going to do it. It lasts for a year and a half. And then they have to do another new program. And it's, you know, it, the ball keeps rolling. What, 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 what are the, some of the last things that you'd like to say to us in light of this study that you, um, what can, let me ask you this. In your opinion, what can we as a city do to make teaching more attractive for new teachers, particularly teachers of color, and to create a nurturing professional environment for all teachers? Yeah, thank you for that question. And I, you know, I, I do want to emphasize that uh, you know, being a teacher was the best job I ever had. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Every single day, every single minute, you're able to have an impact, mm -hmm. right? And um for the long term as well, you know, I wrote, uh, recently uh, one of my former students reached out to me on LinkedIn um, and uh, he's an educator now. I can't believe he's in his late 20s, which makes me feel old. old yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was phenomenal. Like I, I was like I was just like floating with happiness for like a week after he reached yes. out, you know, um, and I, I think we, we do need to share those stories. Yes. Right. Um, the current educators uh, do you know, do deserve to get paid more, uh, do have overwhelming workloads, um, and also have the most amazing job at the same time. Yes. Um, the most powerful, rewarding job there is like you're, you're always having impact every day, um, Amen. every single day, every single minute. Um, mm -hmm. and our families are trusting our teachers with their most important thing in the world, right? Their children. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think we need to talk about the good stuff. We need to work on the areas to address, but we need to talk about all the amazing parts of being a teacher and we need to love on our teachers. We need to appreciate them, yes. show our appreciation for what they do. And, and, and just, just let teachers know that, that we see them. Um, yes. And that was part of the, this report. We wanted to elevate pun intended, the voices of, of our teachers. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of um, pieces we need to work on. And there's also yes. um, incredible assets to build off of. Mm -hmm. um, the, this work of the talent coalition is, mm -hmm. is a long-term um, play. Like we know that there's, there's very little things that are just going to be easy, quick fixes, right? There's lots, mm -hmm. there's lots to look at. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that we're looking at is building a more robust pipeline of educators, starting with our most valuable assets in schools, which are, are our students, mm -hmm. right? So we want our teaching force to look like our students. We should be investing our students to become teachers. You know, so working with organizations like the Center for Black Educator Development, um, really, mm -hmm. yep, yep. He's mm -hmm. part of the coalition, um, highlighting the work that's happening at SLA Beaver, mm -hmm. where they have one of the first CTE programs in teaching in the entire state of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. They have 20 students right now, 20 juniors mm -hmm. who are deeply invested in, in, in education and learning a, learning a ton um, mm -hmm. and also having an impact on younger students already. They're doing teaching assistant work, um, yes. right? Then they're getting college credit for the courses that they're taking. So they're going to graduate high school with, with units. Yes. Um, I know that the school district is uh, hoping to open a middle college that's focused on teaching. Yes. yes. Right. So starting with, starting with youth um, and of course we, we need to, make sure that we are producing the kind of schools that teachers of color particularly want to work in, right? So that there are, there are a lot of layers to that. You mentioned cultural competence. Um, yes. I think you had uh, one of my colleagues, Juliet Kersey on um, the mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. She was talking about the um, work at Temple yes. right, that they're doing and um, yes. 
PEDC, Pennsylvania Educator Diversity Consortium, has, has really um, pushed these CRSE competencies, mm-hmm. culture responsive sustaining education competencies. Mm-hmm. Right, that kind of work is is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, that's happening in teacher prep programs. It's happening in how teachers are supported. Um, right, we want to we want to not only confirm the identities of our students, but um, demonstrate the value of different cultures, different identities, and we need that for our teachers as well. Um, yeah. So, as you mentioned, uh, really validating uh, our teachers' perspective in schools giving them opportunities for leadership, opportunities to see that there are lots of different um, opportunities to work in education. So you can be a career teacher, which is fantastic. Um, You can also go on many different paths. You could eventually become a principal. You could become a superintendent. You could become the deputy chief of investments, LA215. There's so many opportunities that that teaching could be the starting point um, to a, a long career working in education. Right. I still consider myself an educator, even though I don't work in schools anymore. Yeah. Right. There's there's lots of opportunities out there for educators to keep yeah. doing this work. Well, listen, that was a huge public service announcement that we need <laughs> to record and give it out so that students can understand being becoming an educator is the best. And Scott Gaber, thank you so much for joining us this morning, sir. You have a thank wonderful. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Bye bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.